You are listening to messages from Victory Outreach in the city of Whittier. We pray that you are inspired, challenged, and provoked to become all that God has called you to be. For daily insight, please log into victoryoutreachwhittier.org. services. I remember before we used to have three services in La Puente. We would have one, then I go into the office, then come back again to the second one, then go back into the office, then go back to the third one, and then after that we would have our evening service, our Spanish service in the afternoon, then an evening service on Sunday night. But that's the way it needs to be, right? That's the way it needs to be. And finally, we were able to build our, our building and uh, that was able to accommodate at least 3,000 people in the conferences. We would put, you know, we do with Victory Outreach for close to 5,000 people. It's supposed to be 3,000, 3,500, but at least 5,000 people within the church. Some of you know the oldies that are here this morning. This morning was just great being with you and to see one of the things that you have here in Victory Outreach Whittier is the excitement and excitement. Whenever there's excitement, there's going to be growth. You go to some churches and there's no excitement whatsoever. I mean, kind of deadish type of atmosphere. How could you grow with a dead atmosphere? When you have an atmosphere of excitement, then that's where you experience the growth that begins to take place. Now, I have a little bit more time this, this session, but I'm not going to go too long. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. The other the early session, I just went through the message right away. I looked at my watch, and I said, oh, my God. But uh, so just so great to see what God is doing with Pastor Joe and, and Doreen. And I know that this is the making of a great church. I would say a mega church that has taken place here. You could just feel it, feel the atmosphere. And I think that Pastor Joe and Doreen, I think you're going to have to go to a third service. Uh, are you people ready for something like that? That's the way it happens until you be able to get the type of building that you need. This building is, you know, pretty small, isn't it? Huh? Some people, when they see it from the outside and they hear about Whittier and great things are happening in Whittier, praise the Lord, there's a great move of God, they're packing out that place, right? But then when you come into the place, into the building, the auditorium, oh my God, everybody would say, I thought it was bigger than that. So now you have to match your reputation. You hear that? You're going to have to match your reputation. Let's get three services in here. Pack them out. Then after you pack out the three services, then finally you're able to get, or you're working on it and getting an auditorium that will be able to accommodate a whole lot of people. You'll be able to accommodate the people that God is bringing growth to the ministry here. Amen? So uh, I, I'm excited about it, and uh, those of you that are out there, this is a, a model church of what God is doing. This is a church that's become a model to a lot of other churches. That's why you see pastors that are hanging around here, because they want to learn. This is a model, this is an example, and they're saying, man, if it's happening in Whittier, if it's happening in some other churches in Victory Outreach, it could happen in my church. I make a say amen to that. That's why we see pastors that are coming and hanging around here. And I, lately, I think I've been hanging around here too much, too. <laughs> I think some of the other churches are getting mad at me. <laughs> they say, what is Pastor Sonny doing so much there in Whittier? Well, I'll tell you why. 
Something is happening in this place. God, I like to be with the fires. So I could go to the mother church and be with the fires there. And then I say, okay, let me go now to Whittier. That's where fire plays. And then uh, I sent him and he could go. I have the fire still there, right? San Diego, we have a special heart for San Diego because we put in San Diego six years of our lives. We put and we invested in the ministry in San Diego. And I'm so glad that some of the biggest churches are, uh, well, the mother church, number one, right? And then we have, uh, we have Whittier and then we have San Diego. I think uh, those are possibly the biggest churches now. Unless there's someone that I don't know, but I think Mondo would know more. He's he's all over the place, and that's some of the biggest, right? If it's not the three biggest, it's there. And that South Africa, I forgot South Africa. South Africa, I would say it's going to be maybe big, the biggest. Who knows the way the way that thing is going in South Africa? So we're excited. I'm excited to see what the Lord is doing. Now, this morning, I'm probably going to, you never, I may do it a little bit differently than I did it in the early morning service. And one of the areas that I brought out in the early morning service, I was bringing out that sometimes we have to wait on God. We wait on God. And uh, the reason why we wait on God is because he has to prepare us. And the example that we have in the Bible of a people that didn't make it. People that did not make it in the Bible, we have the the children of Israel. And we have scriptures that in Deuteronomy and also Exodus. And let me just read those two scriptures. It says, remember how the Lord your God in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you. Notice what it says. To humble. God has a way of humbling us. To humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you could keep his commandments. And then also Exodus says in chapter 3, verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead him directly, though the way was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return back to Egypt. And this is exactly what they wanted to do. In other words, God gave them a promise And they were not ready for the fulfillment of that particular promise. I know that every one of us that are here this morning, God has given us a promise. And especially if you're part of a moving church like Victory Outreach. Victory Outreach is a vision-driven ministry. That's who we are. There are other ministries that are driven by other means, but Victory Outreach is a vision-driven ministry from the very beginning, the existence of this ministry was a vision that God gave to us, a promise that God gave to us, a purpose that God gave to us. And if you're part of this ministry this morning, then that promise is yours. That promise is yours. That miracle is yours. This is a miracle-driven ministry. It takes a miracle, and it took a miracle just to have all of you that are sitting here right now. This is a miracle. This is the this is a testimony of God's miracle working power. Those of you that are sitting here right now. When you look at the Israelites, man, the sad situation, they actually didn't make it. Even though they got out of purpose for them, God took them out of Egypt. Just like he took us, he's taken us out of Egypt, hasn't he? I mean, God has delivered us. We were in bondage, just like the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. And God went ahead and delivered them from bondage. He delivered them because he had a purpose for them. He was taking them on the journey to the promised land. I like that word, promised land, because it was a promise, a promise of God. And they doubted the promises of God. Whenever God gives you a promise, you could rest assured 
that he will fulfill that promise that is given to you. And I know as I speak to you this morning that there are many of you that have received a promise from God. We have received a promise from God corporately. Corporately. Globally, you could say globally, we have received a promise from God. The inner cities of the world. That's the promise that God has given us as a movement. The inner cities of the world. But to make that happen, God wants to fulfill the individual promises that he's given to you. Also, the local promises that he's given to the churches. We're all in together. God has given us a global. God has given us the big picture of what he wants to do. But that only could be fulfilled as we individually receive and believe and trust the promise of God for us individually. Now, I know that many of you are waiting for a miracle. You're believing God for a miracle. You're believing God for something that he spoke to you about. This is something individual. Individually. But whatever he has spoken to you, whatever promise he has given to you, is because not only he wants to individually bless you, but he wants to bring you to make this thing, this whole global ministry, become a reality. That's what's so beautiful about it, that every one of us individually are involved in this global mandate that God has given to us. That is something that, in other words, you're somebody special. There's no telling what God wants to do. God gives a promise. You could, I, we could see some Billy Grahams here this morning. There's no telling what God could do. In fact, I look back and I see the, the people that God has raised up in our ministry, and they are impossible cases that God, throughout the years, throughout the 50 years or 50 so years, that this ministry has been in existence, this has been miracle at the people that I never thought would be able to make it. People that I didn't think were able to make it, and yet those are the people that God had his hand upon, and God says, I've chosen this individual, I've chosen this person, I've chosen this seemingly insignificant purpose for the great work that I have called them to do. That's why I'm a believer. I look at somebody and they say, oh, I got another man. You never know, man. God is a miracle-working God. God is a miracle-working God. That's the, there's no telling what God is able to do. And you have the anointing. There's a corporate anointing that he's given to this ministry. That's why I get excited when I'm able to hear the testimonies of the different ministries around the world. I get excited when I hear these testimonies that you heard this morning and even in the earlier service, the testimony of these sisters that are out there doing the work of God, that are out there in the, in the mission, mission, you could even say mission field. They're on a mission. They're on a mandate that God has given them to take their city, to take their country for the glory of God. Now that gets me excited. That's inside of me. The children of Israel, man, they had a great opportunity. I mean, they, they were born into the promised land. They were born into the promised land. Did they make it? Well, that whole generation didn't make it with the exception of two people. And you know who they were? Joshua and Caleb. That whole generation died in the wilderness without receiving and being a receiver, recipient of the promise of God within their lives. Now you say, well, why did that happen? Why did it happen? I think we need to really take a look at why, why did it happen? How come could it happen to somebody else? I say, yes, yes, it could happen to somebody else. I've seen it happen throughout the years. I've seen people just like the Israelites that had a promise of God and God had a purpose for them. 
God wanted to fulfill their destiny, but somehow they didn't make it. I'm sure you know people like that as well. You know people, some people that got saved with you when you got saved and you're still going forth for Jesus. Where are those people today? You probably know people here in the church that had great potential to be used of God. God wanted to do something great within their lives. They were here in the church. They were doing good for a period of time. But where are they today? They didn't make it. They were not able to fulfill God's destiny within their lives. Now we see God that he's a very cautious God, very careful God. And sometimes God makes us wait. God makes us wait. This is what he did with the children of Israel. He made them wait. You know why he wanted to make them wait is because he wanted to prepare them. There were delays. God will delay that vision. God will delay that purpose, that promise. He delays it. And sometimes we get frustrated because we want it to happen right away. But he has a way of working. He knows best. He knows exactly what he's doing. And God many times delays our request, delays God's calling upon our lives because, first of all, he wants to prepare us. And more than ever, I believe, and this is why we, we, we really believe in Victory Outreach, that it's important to prepare people for the ministry. Very, very important. Because we've seen it throughout the years. Sometimes we have that zeal. You know, we have that zeal. We're going to go out. We get saved. We're going to go out. Hallelujah. We're going to go out. I, I was like that in the very beginning, man. I, I mean, I, want, I wanted to go out. When I got, as soon as I got saved, there was a mission that God gave us in New York City. Had a man that had a vision. Had a man that had a drive for God. David Wilkerson, a country preacher that came into the city. Had a drive for God to take the city. To take New York, New York, New York City for Jesus. Well, I got saved, man. I, I don't know how you got, what was your experience when you got saved? Maybe it was a dull experience. It wasn't for me, man. God knew exactly what I needed. I needed a radical salvation. Radical salvation. And I received that radical salvation. I was crying. He broke me. He humbled me. It talks about humbling, right? Preparing you. He humbles you. He humbled me. I was supposed to be that, that tough guy. I was supposed to be that, that standing guy out there. All of a sudden, I'm crying like a baby. Humbles me. Has me crying like a baby. And, and I really received the call of God. One of the things that confirmed my salvation was the power of the Holy Spirit working within my life. You know, God knows what he's doing. He's preparing us, right? He, he prepares us. He gives us what we need. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need this morning. And what he does, he has a way of preparing us. He knows exactly what I needed. I needed a, a Holy Ghost transformation. I needed the demonstration of the Holy Spirit so I could say, I believe now. I believe there is a God. I believe there is a supernatural God that has all power. Turn around. It turns you. It turns you. It turns you. All of a sudden, it's about about faith. Turns you. So then, what do you say? Well, what now? I don't know how some people they just get saved and that's it. I'm going to praise the Lord. There's no drive. There's no sense of mission. No sense of mission. I don't understand that. As soon as I got saved, I said, what now? What now? What now? And they said, okay, what now? We're going to take New York City for Jesus. Now, that is a, that is a mission. That, that, is, that is a vision. I mean, this country preacher had a big, big vision. You could imagine the combination. A country preacher, an ex- gang leader, Mau Mau leader, right? That at the time, he couldn't speak English too well. 
at the time, huh? In the early days, I had to go and interpret for him until I messed up. Big crowd. And then he's getting to the, to the, the end of his sermon, you know, his testimony, his testimony. think a soul got saved that night. And that's the last interpretation that I did. He, he fired me. It was over. But you see what? God has a, a purpose, and he has a purpose of, of working with us and preparing us for what he wants to do within our lives. These guys blew it. These guys blew it. What does it say? You know, they just went ahead and they get out of, out of, out of Egypt on the way to the promised land. And, and you know, notice the word promise. It wasn't just land. It was a promised land that God had for them. But there's a number of things that they did in the desert that kept them from the promised land. And I just want to just bring some of them out. Some of the things that they did, the wrong things that they did that kept them from God's blessing and kept them from the promised land. Okay, let's look at it for a moment. What, what, what did they do? Well, first of all, four things that they did, they, they had fear. Fear. They were fearful. And that's something, when you think about fear, that's totally the opposite of faith. Faith and fear don't go together. Totally, totally contrary to one to the other. They have fear. Now, how did they get the fear? Well, you know, you know the story. They sent the spies out. In the first place, well, why did they even send the spies? They just got to believe and trust God. But they sent spies out just to check it out. Just to see if what God said is correct. And they went out there just to check it out. And then the spies came back. What did they come back? They came back and they came back with a negative report. They didn't come back with a positive report. What they were actually doing when they, when they came back with a negative report, they were questioning God. They were questioning the almighty God. And they come back and they say, it can't be done. can't be done. There are giants in the land. Fear gripped them. We can't do it. That mountain is impossible. That is impossible. The situation is impossible. It cannot be done. They looked at themselves. They looked how feeble they were, and they looked at themselves and the limitations that they had. And then they looked at the at the need that was out there, what they were going to confront, and they said, it can't be done. They failed to take God into account. See, faith is, you must be able to take God into account. You need to remember, who is the person that gave you that promise? There are some of you here this morning, God has given you a big, big promise. And he gives you a real big, big vision, real big, big promise, big vision that he gives you, that, that a miracle that he wants to bring you away. And what happens to us? Well, he has to do a double job on us because he's going to take a big, big vision takes big faith, big faith. It takes big faith to have a global ministry. 
It takes big faith to take Holland for Jesus. It takes big faith to take Panama for Cristo. It takes big faith to take Africa for Jesus. Big faith. It takes big faith for what God wants to do here in Whittier, California. Big faith. If it's a big work, a big vision that is given to you, it takes big faith. And what happened to them? They started doubting. They started looking at the situation and began to doubt. They doubting Thomases. They began to doubt. And we begin to doubt, then we're limiting God. If you're doubting right now for that miracle, you're limiting God. Some of you, I think, a number of you need a miracle. You, you, you're waiting for a miracle. And, and, and God, you say, I'm waiting on God. God says, no, you're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. You say you're waiting on me, but you, I, you, you're not waiting on me. It's just the opposite. I'm waiting on you to exercise faith and to step out. It always takes faith to step out in any assignment God gives you. And it's not just one time stepping out, but it's a number of times to be able to step out. How many times Julie and I have stepped out? See, God launches us out. Realize you have a dog. Our dogs that we have, and every dog that we've had. We had one, Romeo, Juliet, and Romeo. Imagine we had that in San Diego. We had different dogs. And usually we have swimming pools at the house, right? Backyard. And we don't want the dog to drown, right? So we got to get them to swim. I got Julie's dog. It's Julie. They go after Julie all the time. I don't know if they like me, but they like Julie. What are they called again? They're, uh, they're yeah, but they're uh, Yorkies, little ones. There's one that likes to bite. He bit a few people, man. He, even grown-up guys, tough guys, man. He, oh, he bit me. Look, I'm bleeding. I feel like that is because he don't like you. He don't, he, nobody likes you. The dog sensed something that we don't sense. You know, I don't think they like Sonny, the, the, his dogs. What are the names of your dogs again? Coco and, uh, and Shadow. Those two. Now, when I walk in this house, boy, they like me. They, they're barking for a second. They say, oh, you know, Pastor Sonny. When Sonny Jr. comes in, they go crazy. They want to bite him. I want to bite him. Sonny says, get these dogs away from me. They're demon possessed, you know. They have insight. I'm a nice guy. Well, the dogs, you know, that we had is... Uh, Yorkies, right? So I don't, we don't want to drown. That's, you know, if I, if I have them, if they're going to fall in the pool, they're going to drown. So I said, well, you got to learn how to swim, right? So that's the best way to learn how to swim. I know that they can float. Just take them and throw them in. That's the way the other dogs learn. I know the dogs, they learn like that. I took them and I threw them in. At first they were panicking. They were panicking, panicking, panicking. I mean, you didn't trust me, man. They should have trusted me that I don't want to get them killed. I'm doing it for their own really good. But guess what? They learn how to swim. I see God doing that with us. He grabs us and then he throws us in a situation. Get out there. Mm. 
And you are in that situation. At first, you're kind of panicking, but then he's letting you know, hey, man, remember, it was me. I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm with you. I, I am the one that put you in that situation in the first place. And if I did that, then have confidence. I like that word, trust. That word comes out all over the Bible. And God, trust, 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 trust me. Don't trust what you see. Don't trust your instincts. Put your trust in me. So whatever situation you may be going through, and some of you may be going through right now, then don't fear, man. Fear, fear, fear. Fear is contrary to faith. Totally contrary to faith. That's where they messed up. They took their eyes of God. They put their eyes in a situation, and they began to fear. Fear will keep you from your blessing. That's something that they did that you should not do, that we should not do, if we want the miracle-working power working in our lives. The second thing that they did, also, they began to worry. Worry. You know, when you worry... You get uptight, you know. Again, you're taking your eyes off God. You're looking again at the situation. You're looking at that. You could worry. There's a lot of things that will bring worry to your life. One of the areas that you're involved in ministry that you could worry very, very quickly is the area of finances. Right? Area of finances. That's an area that in the beginning, you know, this is an you could, you could have You could have an experience with God and still be weak in that particular area. Just like the Corinthian church. Remember the Corinthian church? They were weak in that particular area. They were worrying about money, worrying about finances. And the Apostle Paul says, hey, listen, I want you to look at this church, the Macedonian church, as a model. Remember the Macedonian church? They were givers. They had faith to believe God that he was able to meet their needs. So he says to the Corinthians, look, in the first place, the Corinthians were stingy anyway. They were cheap. They had what do you call godos, right? Godos, right? They had godos. And uh, every, again, in Panama, they say another word, a lo mejor godos. ¿Qué dice allá cuando están así? Ah? Cudo? Amen. Okay, that's, that's what they, they were. There, there are people like that. You know, it, it, one of the areas that you need to understand, an area that brings worry to you, is when it comes to finances. Especially in Victory Outreach. We don't have too many millionaires in Victory Outreach, right? So you got to believe God for the miracles. One of the things I learned from the very beginning that if we're going to grow a church, if we're going to have conferences at the Los Angeles International right Convention, then we have to have faith. We've got to believe that God is able to provide. But he takes you from one step to the other. He begins to grow your faith. Grow your faith. Just like the next step that you're going to be taking. Hey, you better, you should speak somehow. You should have a monk speaking on stewardship, on the miracles of finances because you guys are going to need finances to take you to where you want to go, where God wants to take you. You are going to need money. And where are the finances going to come from? From God's people. That's why you got to get ready for that big blessing, financial blessings that God wants to give you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Those of you that are in the field, don't worry. Sometimes we do it man's way. That's why I've always said, don't trust the government. Don't trust the government. I've said it over and over and over again to our pastors and ministry. Don't trust the government. Some of them went ahead and trust the government. They started getting grants and the government, and they started depending on those grants. What happened? No. All of a sudden... The government touched you, and you're out in the cold. 
Isn't it beautiful when you trust God? When you trust God, you are never in the cold. We have trusted God as a movement, and look where we are today. Having our World Conference at Los Angeles International Convention. Listen to this. Do you, do you, realize, do you realize how much we spent for that week? Do you think everything is for free? You know what I think? You know, we don't just take a few rooms. Huh? We go ahead and we say, we got a big God. We got a big God. We want, they say, what do you want? How many, we want the whole thing. We are God's children. And we want that whole thing. You know how much you spend? Hold on to your seat. Almost $2 million. I think it's about $1.7. For just five days. Five days of conference. Does God provide? Does the finance come through? We have never fallen into the hole. In fact, just like those five loaves and two fishes, we didn't walk away. Not only God supplying the need, but supplying even over the need. Now, how, how, how is that possible? With a little little faith? Yeah, a little faith is good. No, okay, a little. Big side faith. How are you going to get your next building here? How are we going in Panama? In Panama, because I'm working closely in Panama. We believe in God for even greater things. How are you going to get your building here? This, this is just temporarily. I mean, this looks like a little, a little box. Even when you run, you get hit on the wall over there. Because... Imagine somebody getting blessed. Hallelujah! There's no place to run. So what is God going to do? What is God going to do? What is God going to do? Do you see it? Do you see it? It's going to be done because it is a problem, a promise. It is a miracle that God is about to do. Because the blessings of God. You see, I can't wait to walk into that Doreen's. Come and see my building. Hallelujah. Can't wait to come in and see that. Because we'll not only see our auditorium, but see it packed out for the glory of God. When we, think, when we talk about meeting our needs, mira Cuba. Cuba, look at Cuba. Now I'm talking about ministry, but God meets your individual needs as well. He loves you. Cuba, that building is going to be built. Something that is said is impossible in that country because she has faith. Because Abel has faith, something that is impossible is going to be possible and is going to be done. Because of that. So what happened? They yeah, begin to worry. When they begin to worry, they start complaining. Okay, Dios no me quiere, okay, God doesn't like me. Start complaining, 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 sniveling. That type of attitude. Worry, 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 worry. If you put God in the picture, there's no reason, no reason to worry. They were worrying about it. They worried about everything. Number three that we shouldn't do is also faint and get discouraged in developing a quitting attitude. That's what happened to them. They wanted to go back to Egypt. 
Imagine that. They're the way to the promised land. And they said, it was better off for us to stay in Egypt. Why did he take us out of there? They forget about the bondage that they were in. They forget about that. And they're looking back like if something that they left that was good. I mean, what do, you, what do you have back there in Egypt? What do you have in Egypt? I mean, you got no place to go, man. I'm telling you right now. There's no place to go than go forward in Jesus, no matter what is hitting you, no matter what you're going through. There's no other place to go. What are you going to go back to? You're going to go back to slavery? Well, are you going to go back to the bondage that you were in before? This is the only way. God delivered us from that. And yet they began to get discouraged. Now, I'm sure every one of you have been discouraged. You know, you've been discouraged. You know when we get discouraged? When we take our eyes off God. You say, that that happened to you, Pastor Sonny? Yes, it's happened to me. You know it in the book that I wanted to quit, right? I, I wanted to quit. And I think about it, well, and then we made up our mind. Usually, when she wants to quit, I don't want to quit. That's the way it works. Oh, when I want to quit, she don't want to quit. Always somebody that comes with some words of wisdom, spiritual words of wisdom. I think this time we were both in the flesh. And I said to her, okay, you know what? This is getting hard, Julie. This is, this is getting hard. I don't think there's any future in this thing right here. And for the first time, I was expecting her to give me words of encouragement, you know. She said, you know what, Sonny? I think you're right on. I agree with you. You're right on. It's time to, it's, let's get out of here. It's time to quit. I know she tells the girls, don't quit. You know, I know it contradicts me, right? Imagine super mama wanted to quit. But you know, God has everything under control, doesn't he? You know what he saw? I didn't see this. I didn't see this. This is why sometimes you're looking at it, you're limited in what you see. Very limited in what you see. You only see what he lets you see. I think the reason why he doesn't let us see the big picture is because we probably die. Because it's too big for us. We probably get so scared that we die. I mean, we can't. God, you're going to do that? Oh, God, please. That's the way I, I, I would have felt. It's just one step at a time. He says, look, a little bit here. A little bit. I was saying about this morning, I says, I, I kind of get anxious, man. I don't want to wait. I want it right away. Give me right away, God. I want it right away. And we're going to reach the way. Let's reach it now. I'm ready. Yeah. And he says, oh, no, you're not. And your people are not ready. Those young people are not ready to take the nations. I promise them the nations that they shall take the desolate, desolate cities and that they shall take the nations. But they got to be ready for it. They got to develop that faith to believe. Then they'll take the nations. Well, thank God there was a preacher that was full of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that. I didn't have no victory outreach preachers. That's the th I didn't have anybody. Got this preacher that's real, you know, very mild and very speaking. You know, he whispers almost. You ever see those people? Oh, gosh. Isn't it wonderful? Guys, I'm going to talk to this guy. You know, I'm going to talk to this preacher, you know. Well, he's, I'm going to talk to this guy. And I go, and then I want to give him the good news. He's a pastor in other churches. I say, isn't it wonderful? Man, it's wonderful. We're excited about it. Julie and I are excited about it. We're going to go on the missionary field. Another missionary on the evangelistic field. Man, we're eating. You probably heard the story. We're eating. And I'm eating. I'm so happy. I'm happy. I don't know, false happiness or something, but I was happy. 
get rid of this problem, get rid of this responsibility, my God. Let somebody else take it. I'm free. Hallelujah. I'm free. I'm going to go on the evangelistic field. Hallelujah. You ever feel like that? I'm free. Then I go to him. And isn't it wonderful? We're excited. We're going back on the mission. This mellow guy, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Don't you believe it? I dropped my fork and what got into him? This is not God. This is the devil. Wow. Usually you're happy when God speaks to you. He put me on a bummer, man. All my plans went out the window. And Julie, I think God has not released us. She says, I think so too. At that particular time, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't see all this. But God was able to see it. Now, we would have seen you guys and over there and Holland and over here, all of you and so many others that are around the world. We could have rejoiced. Yeah, praise the Lord. We didn't see it. He didn't show us that. All he said, all he said was, be faithful where you are right now. Put your trust in me. Every promise that I've given to you shall come to pass. And has it come to pass? Yes. It's come to pass. You know that I'm famous? Hey, in my little pond, victory outreach. I get out of there. Sunny who? Sunny who? But oh, we have our family that God has raised up all over the world. I don't have to be lonely. I got brothers and sisters. I got I got a people. I, I got an army that God has raised up all over the world. All nationalities. All with one vision. With one purpose. Coming to a close. That don't mean anything for me. This morning I didn't have time. I got time to stretch out right now, man. I'm going to try to get out. What time is it? I got it. Well, so far as they didn't have faith, right? Or they have fear. We shouldn't have fear. We shouldn't worry. They worried. We shouldn't faint. Get discouraged. When discouraged hits us, Put your trust in God. He's with you. He'll always be with you. Be able to recognize that the presence of God is with you. He's with you now. He's with you in the good days. He's with you in the bad days. He's with you when you feel good. He's with you when you feel good. He's with you all the time. The presence of God. And then the last one is that we shouldn't forget. You know, God is saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't do these things, these four things. We should not forget. They forgot. They forgot everything that God had done for them. Imagine there's a whole list of things that God had done for them. He took them out of, uh, out of Egypt. He was with them. He provided food, provided water. These people are so ungrateful. He provided water. He provides food. Then they don't like the food he gave. He got and then he goes ahead and he provides uh, the they provide the, the food that they have, and then they complain about the food that they got, and then they compl- they complained about everything. One thing after the other, complain, complain, complain. They forgot. <clears throat> what about us? Do we forget? See, when we forget, we begin to complain. Complain about the church and oh, this church, and God brought you by the grace of God to this church. 
Complain about the, the pastor. Complain about the ministerial staff. Complain about Pastor Sonny. Throw myself in there too. Complain, complain, complain. When you begin to complain, you're not grateful anymore. You need to, he says, remember. They, 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 they didn't remember. They forgot. They forgot. What did they forget? They forgot the deliverance. They forgot. What do we forget? We begin to complain. We're forgetting everything that God has done for us. He said, he's not going to bail me out. You forget about all the times that he did bail you out. How many times? He said, he's not going to provide. How many times he's provided for you before? Well, I, I, I need, I need uh, a miracle. How many miracles has he given to you before? You need to remember. You need to remember. You need to not forget. Remember, any time you're going through a situation within your life, remember the many times that he worked out that situation in your life. Remember. That's what I got to do many times. Now, I got some things that I'm looking at. I've, I mean, I'm so excited about the future. See, without a vision, the people lie. The people perish. You know, if you, if you don't have a vision, you get paralyzed, spiritually paralyzed. There are people that are spiritually paralyzed within the church because you just get comfortable and they settle. They settle for a, a comfortable life. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't see how that's possible in the setting that you're in. I don't see it's possible being in this church. This pastor's church, every time I come, he screams at me. I mean, if I don't get it one way, I'll get it the other way, right? But how could you be comfortable and and just come to a comfortable place and? And everything that God has done for you, you forget about everything that God has done for you. God wants to do some great things. Don't, don't, don't settle for anything less than what God has for you. Do not settle. I say it again. Do not settle for anything less than what God has for you. And God has some great, oh, God has some great and mighty things that he had for you. I wish we could put it up here and say, okay, Sister Mary, look what God has for you. Brother Joe, look what God, John, look what God has for you. God has great and mighty things for you that you can't even understand. And what are we going to do? Are we going to let go? Or are we going to trust God? I love that word, trust him. You know what he says? He says, trust me. But Lord, Lord, trust me. But it's not working out for me. What am I going to do? Trust me. Trust me. Whatever situation you're going through right now, and I know that there are people here this morning that are going through some heavy situations. I know it. I can feel it. This morning you came into this place and you said, I don't know what I'm going to do about this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, all God is saying to you this morning through this whole message, he's telling you, trust me. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't panic. Don't get discouraged. Remember, if I did it before, I could. If I did it before, 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 I said, if I did it before, if I did it before, if I did it before, Keep standing with me right now. He could do it again. Nothing is impossible to him. I could feel spiritual electricity. I could feel faith in this place. This is a good moment for you if you need deliverance, whatever it is, or you say, I, I'm going to believe you, God. 
I, I, I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to be doubting anymore. Those of you that need a miracle, and, and some of you are waiting for a miracle. Some of you are waiting for a miracle. You've been talking about miracles here in the church. This is your moment for a miracle. Your moment for a miracle this morning is right here, right now. God is in this place. Whatever you need, whatever you need, I can't supply it. I can't provide it. But I know a God who can. I know a God who's able to take care of it. I know a God who's able to meet whatever situation, whatever need you have this morning. God is able to meet that need. Nothing is impossible for him. So I'm telling you this morning, if God has spoken to you, if God hasn't spoken to you, stay where you are. But if God has spoken to you and you say, I needed to hear that, man. I needed to hear that this morning. Then I want you to come real quickly right here as we sit I want you to lift up your hand. Those of you that can't make it to the altar because it's full, just raise your hand right where you are right now. We're believing God for it. Whatever situation you may find yourself in this morning, whatever you need this morning, God is able to provide. God is able to provide. Whatever you need this morning, God is able. We serve a big God. We serve a supernatural God. We serve a miracle-working God. So I want you by faith. Lift up your hand by faith. Lord Jesus, right now, you know every one of them individually, Lord. Every one of them individually, Lord. And Lord, I know that you know their needs right now. I pray that supernaturally, you begin to swell them up in faith, believing, so that you could work that miracle in their lives. That they may walk out of this place this morning with the confidence that it's all under control. That it's all under your control, oh God. Oh, Lord Jesus, let them experience victory right now this morning, oh God. We believe you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. 